Welcome to another episode of the Self-Doubt Solution, the show that helps entrepreneurs overcome the self-doubt that holds them back from achieving the next level of success, income, and personal freedom. The Self-Doubt Solution is hosted by the freedom architect, Mario Lanzarotti. Listen as Mario and his inspiring guests share practical insights and tools that help you find the shortcuts for exponential growth and success in all areas of your life. Learn how to build the mindset you need to create a life of true abundance, freedom, and fulfillment. And now, here is your host, Mario Lanzarotti. Welcome, welcome, my friends. This is your host, Mario Lanzarotti, the Freedom Architect. Welcome to the Self-Doubt Solution. Today, I have the honor of interviewing a dear friend and an absolute powerhouse, Jenna Sophia. She is world-renowned. She is a subconscious specialist, a healer who's worked with thousands of people from all walks of life, celebrities, Fortune 500 CEOs, Forbes 30 under 30 entrepreneurs, billionaires, which I'm very curious to hear more about. And she has a very specific bespoke approach that brings together spirituality and scientific methods to really help high performance upgrade their business and personal life in ways they didn't even know was possible. And she has had a history of battling with many incurable, what people think was incurable, chronic illnesses for over a decade. And as you can see, she has mm -hmm. overcome all of them. So I'm very curious to, to learn more about Jenna's healing techniques that work with the power of the subconscious mind to help people rewrite their beliefs and rewrite their stories. Jenna, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for this conversation. Beautiful, beautiful. Jenna, as I love to set the stage for our dear listeners and viewers, can you just explain what is it that you do and how does that help someone who might be tuning in today? Yes, absolutely. So I work with high performers and I help them tap into their subconscious mind. And their subconscious mind is 95% of where their beliefs are housed, what they believe is possible for them, traumas that could be holding them back, limitations that are present in their current reality that they'd like to overcome. And really what I help them do is I help access those parts where they would have been blocked or kind of locked away and releasing that so that there's less sabotage, there's less stress, there's less um, kind of manipulation in their reality so that they can move through life and through their business and health with more ease and, and grace and also create unlimited possibilities as well. Because when we access the mind, truly anything is possible. Mm, very, very well put. And I love that. And I think there will be lots of practical wisdom to take away from this conversation. So be sure to stay for the entirety of this conversation. And Jenna, I would like to know from you, was there a point in your life where Jenna was like, hmm, you know, I'm looking at my life and I'm not sure I like the way that it's running, but somehow things keep repeating themselves and then there's this thing called the mind. When was the point for you where you started digging into all of that? Absolutely. So I would say that my journey started very early on. You know, my mom was a huge influence in my life in terms of introducing me to a lot of spiritual techniques and modalities and 
understanding how do we create our reality? I'm sure, you know, some of your listeners have heard of Abraham Hicks. So I started learning about, um, you know, kind of channeled information when I was 10 years old. And so this kind of grew throughout my lifetime, but really when I, when I really got into the mind, really got into the subconscious, I would say that was in my early twenties when I was looking at my life, as you just said, and looking around and being like, I can't live like this. I was super sick. I was on a lot of different medication and I was told constantly by my healthcare providers that it would be impossible to fully heal or ever have a quote unquote normal life. And I really did not like that diagnosis. I didn't like that that future that they said I was going to have. And so that's really when I uncovered and unlocked the subconscious mind through the work of Dr. Bruce Lipton and reading a book called Biology of Belief, which I really recommend, and understanding how exactly is our physiology connected to our mind, to our perception, and how much control do we actually have? Or is it just kind of up to the external forces at play, you know, how much control do we have as individuals? And so there definitely was a point in my life where I was looking at what was going on and I wasn't happy. And so discovering the subconscious mind more specifically was a huge, huge wake up call and an empowering moment for me. And I very much resonate with what you shared about this. Yeah, this, this almost like authority figures pulling out this definite sword and cutting through your perceived reality and saying you know that's the way things are and you're going to have to live with that for the rest of your life and for yes. me i remember i was struggling with lower back issues for about two years and it was like intense chronic pain every single day and i went to like five doctors and the last one put me in in this big scanner and i came out of it and he said yeah you have a big you have a really displaced uh disc uh the slip disc and he asked me how old are you and i'm like 21 and he's like oh my wow. god it's like this is bad it's like like we need to perform surgery and he checks his calendar he's like yeah i got a spot on friday and it was like a wednesday i'm like what <laughs> i'm like are you are you mad he's like, yeah it's you know, really invasive surgery and i'm like no 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 no, no. Wow. and that was the time where i woke up and i was like yeah. i'm gonna try something else so mm -hmm. what is it that after you got this diagnosis and you said no, and you started looking into Bruce Lipton. Was it that you started doing that, started shifting things for yourself? Yeah, absolutely. It really was when I was able to access my subconscious mind in a way that allowed me to communicate with it. See, a lot of the times, you know, when we go to talk therapy or we use like conscious methods, it really is only accessing the surface. So the 5%. So by using different modalities, you know, you're able to really access the subconscious mind and unlock the parts of you and the programs within your mind that are either playing out sickness or playing out, you know, anxiety or fear or whatever it is, and being able to neutralize that and, and basically reprogram that so that it that's not the program that's running and so i very much subscribe to this idea that your mind can heal or create mm. sickness in the body like what yes. was that did you as you went through that journey and you started diving into how to reprogram your subconscious mind was there like a an epiphany that you had as you because for me i was very hopeless 
and mm. so much pain and, and you know tried it all did it all and nothing worked and then i started doing things very differently and all of a sudden the pain in my back almost vanished in a manner of like in moments and yes. i was completely amazed and so i'm curious what was that like for you yeah i i too similar had an experience like that where you know I was very hopeless, you know, my family, bless them, they were doing everything to try to help me. And at this point, you know, the reason my wake up call was when, you know, my doctors told me I basically had to get my uterus taken out and I was like 21, 22. And I was like, that's not an option. Like, this is not how I'm going to live my life. And so from hearing that, I think there comes a lot of hopelessness and despair, but then there's also a lot of drive to be like, no, I'm going to beat this. And so similarly to what you were going through, it was like, I'm not going to go to that extreme, but let's see if there's another extreme that I can go to and that I can find that can actually do the opposite of everything they're saying. And so for me, it definitely was that. And, you know, it took some time, you know, I was going through my deeper, you know, mind healing journey for a good year and a half. I, you know, I looked into different modalities, worked with shamans and traveled Southeast Asia to really kind of get to the different layers within my body. So I wouldn't say it was necessarily a one moment wake up in terms of the transformation, but it definitely came when I was collecting all of this and I was doing the inner work and it was a gradual, but sustainable um transformation which has still lasted till today and completely free of everything that the doctor said was incurable they call it spontaneous remission i like oh, to call it a powered remission though because i'm like there's actual science behind this mm. yeah and and so you said something that i want to dissect for a moment because i understand what you mean by it when you said healing the mind or at least i yes. tell myself i understand it now, why do you say healing the mind? Because usually this this terminology is used in like the physical sensation, right? There's a wound yes. that we need to heal, something on the inside. But what is it that needs to be healed in the mind? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, like I mentioned before, the subconscious houses our beliefs, what we believe is or isn't possible. It also houses all the traumas that we've ever experienced. Now, it doesn't have to be... Um, a trauma with a capital T, like in terms of a big car accident or an abusive situation, you know, there can be small T trauma, which is like, you know, abandonment or neglect or things where, you know, you, your parents might've left and you didn't want them to leave. And then all of a sudden you felt abandoned, you know, these things all kind of collect into our subconscious and it creates the reality of what we are experiencing today. Now, something I want to mention about the subconscious is that it doesn't understand time, which means that if something happened when you were five years old and it was a very powerful imprint into your subconscious mind, you could still be taking that programming and that pain and still accessing that part of it today. So, for example, let's say when you were younger, maybe you were bullied and people didn't like you, you might still be taking that trauma unconsciously into your reality now as an adult, feeling difficult to connect to others, not trusting others, feeling unsafe um, with new connections and new communities. So it's really important to, as I said, heal the mind because there's so many childhood programs and things that happen to us that are 
we're perpetuating today as adults. And the way that we know, are we perpetuating something is we see something in our adult life, either our health, our um, business success, our um, relationships, and wherever there are areas that you know you want to work on, it usually will signal to your subconscious that there's something going on here that needs to be healed and looked at. And so that's really my specialty in helping people find out, okay, you have a problem, but let's try to get to the root of it so that you're not continuing to perpetuate those limitations and those blocks that you keep coming up against. Mm. So this is interesting because isn't it that at some point these beliefs that we tend to call limiting served a purpose and the purpose was protection, was protection. And it might have been an illusionary threat mm-hmm. that resulted, yet there was a protective element to it that served its purpose. And is it then that I'm understanding that it's sort of like it's outrun its purpose and now it's no longer there for what it used to, but now it's actually becoming a limiting factor in your life? Absolutely. You know, you can take um, the example of, let's say, someone that grew up in poverty or didn't have a lot of resources growing up. So that is like fuel to work really hard and go after something to make themselves successful because there's this unsafety or this scarcity that is living within them that's driving them to create security and safety. But what I found is with people who are self-made, especially like on a high net worth individual side where they've amassed all this material goods and amassed all this fortune, but yet those limitations are still playing up because they're still holding scarcity in their mind in other ways, right? Or they're holding fear in their system in other ways, or they still don't feel safe no matter how much money that they have. And so it's really important to know that, yes, they can be fueling certain behaviors that you would look at and say, oh, actually, that is beneficial. But at the same time, limitation is limitation, and there's going to be an upper limit to that limitation until it starts to become more of a sabotage to you. So yeah, there's definitely an upside to it. But at the same time, I think that when we remove limitations, we can see that life can move much more easily and freely. And we don't need this struggle and hardship to get to the places that we want to go or create the sex the success that we have. And it's not to say that there isn't hard work involved. That's not the point, but it's what is happening internally within you as you are creating your experience, as you are creating more success and ease and whatever it is that you you want in your life. Mm, I love that. And I'm very much in agreement with that. And there's another word now that you said twice. So now I want to bring it up. And you talk about creating your experience. Mm -hmm. What does it mean for someone to create their life experience? Like, what would you tell someone, you know, they're, they're an entrepreneur, they're doing fairly well by most people's standards, yet they find themselves struggling. You know, they keep running into sort of the same kind of relationship pattern that then falls apart. And then they say, you know, it's not my fault. You know, it's just like, I can't find the right one. You know, they just don't respect me and all of that. You know, how does someone create their own experience? Yes, that's a great question. And, you know, it goes back to the subconscious mind again, you know, any 
if anyone listening is dealing with the same problem over and over again, it is an indication that there is something going on in your subconscious that is perpetuating those belief systems, that is perpetuating that perception of that situation. And so I always say the most powerful thing you can do, and it takes one second if you're quick at it, to change your experience is to change your perception. Because when you are able to look at something differently, not only consciously, but subconsciously, where then it becomes a natural way of looking at it, not trying to force your way to kind of see the situation or fake it till you make it, that works, but it takes a lot of time. But if you're able to access, you know, the subconscious part of you that can change the perception of how you're looking at things, you are going to see that your outer reality will reflect a different experience. And if it doesn't immediately, what you'll find is that internally you're running a different program. So the same thing might happen, but you're not going to be a victim to it. You're not going to say, oh, this is just how it goes. This is how it is for me. I always pick the wrong ones. You're going to see it as, okay, I'm getting more clarity that this is what I am attracting. And this is what continues to come up into my reality. But what do I believe still about the situation that could be perpetuating it, it this way? And then being able to get very clear and real with yourself to say, look, you know what? I actually do believe people can hurt me, or I do believe, you know, that I am unworthy or unlovable in some way. And so working on that aspect and working on those really real and raw limit limitations is super important to get to the root of, you know, that limitation and that block, because when you free yourself of that, that's when the attraction game becomes a different show mm. and experience. Mm. Very true. And, you know, yeah. as you were speaking, what comes up for me is this, I like to look at life from a place of choice. Mm. And I find there are, there is a conscious choice that we can make when we are in a, in a collected calm state, when our nervous system is not triggered and then going into fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah. And we can make an actual decision for the first time. And I like to say the other time we make an unconscious choice, even though it's not really a choice because we're unconscious, but just right. for the distinction of it, like there, mm. I, I find that we're choosing the kind of experience that we're living. And I often ask myself, well, why? Like, why? What's the point, right? Okay, I'm now having an experience where I feel... I feel a lot of guilt. I feel a lot of shame. I feel maybe some anger. And I keep feeling that. I keep feeling, I'm like, why am I choosing that? Right. And what I came to is the answer is always the same. So I can be right. So mm -hmm. my I so my reality can be confirmed to me. So I can be right about the beliefs that I hold to be true. Some of the beliefs are I'm not good enough. I'm I'm not smart enough. I'm not rich enough. I'm not, whatever, right? I'm not enough. How how do you see that playing out? In clients or in general with yeah, people? Clients, general, like you, you can speak into your clients. That, that's Yeah, no, no, I definitely, I see that as a case because a lot of people, especially when they are new to this type of work and new to this way of looking at themselves, there's a lot of ego involved and the ego is all about keeping your beliefs as the version of your reality, okay? And so the problem is, is that when we are trying to move past the ego, when we're trying to see into 
the person and to see into the conditioning that that person went through, it can be very overwhelming and very intense. Um, and a lot of the times what can happen is that people don't even want to look at that. I've had clients that have stopped working with me because it's too, it's too much. And again, Same. I'm not here to hold <laughs> people's hands. Yeah. I'm not here to hold people's hands. I'm here to get them a result. And that process may not be, you know, sunshine and rainbows, you know? So it's really important to understand that there is ego that has to be dissolved, not your whole ego, but the ego that's kind of holding you back, the ego that holds the limitations. Um, and so in order to really get to the root of what's happening subconsciously, you really have to be open to seeing the parts of you that have been conditioned and also recognize that it wasn't your fault because a lot of conditioning and subconscious programming happens between the third trimester in your mother's womb all the way up until the age of seven. That's like a good portion. They, they say scientifically anywhere between 90 to 98% of the way that you perceive the world happens during that time because the brain is in a theta state and the theta state is when we're most suggestible when we're absorbing the reality around us what we believe is and isn't possible what we see is right um or you know goals we should have when we're older you know they always ask you when you're younger what do you want to be when you grow up and like people have these like conditions of you know who they think they should be because of what the world is telling them they are and then they grow up and if they're out of that matrix they can be other things you know so um yeah I hope that answers your question <laughs> it does very much very much so and then it's fascinating what you just said about you know that the pretty much your majority of your mindset the perception of your life with it all the possibilities all the sets of behaviors and we got to go spin it even further and say even you know disease you know there's this yes. idea that disease is inherited because of genetics mm -hmm. and you know yes. the work that that dr bruce lipton brought forward and dr joe dispenza you'll see that it's actually the uh, mental emotional patterns that trigger the the chemical uh releases and the dna expression in the body that then Absolutely. say oh you know you're the fourth in the family to get breast cancer hmm what else yeah. is same oh you're all dealing with lots of anger shame guilt oh has that maybe right. some sort of contribution to that so i find that really fascinating and there's two more things that you brought up and one was first was the, the theta state now if i hear you correctly you're saying that the theta state makes you the most um uh, open to receive yeah. new information now yeah. how does jenna put herself into the theta state if she wants to upgrade her program Absolutely. So there are many ways that you can access the theta state. You know, you can do that through meditation, through um, breath work, through um, a whole brain posture, which is when your your legs are crossed one over the other, and then your hands are crossed like this, and you're sitting like this. This is another way that accesses. Yeah, you can get into it right now. Yeah, it's another way that you know, you can access the theta state. There are so many different ways that it's accessible. Music, music is a huge thing that, you know, imprints us, especially mainstream music. So I always say, watch out for the radio and anything mainstream, because there's a lot of programming in that. And um, can you elaborate on that? Like, yeah, I was going to say, if you want to talk about that, because it's, yeah. So 
there's been a lot I've, I've seen a lot of evidence myself in mainstream music so they use a certain frequency um, to access different energy points in the body that would program that um, there's something you know in mainstream rap music there's something called the 808 frequency which basically hits the root chakra and so it's like that doom 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 that, that type of frequency and what that does is that it destabilizes the root chakra and so when you have like rap music that's destabilizing the root chakra and it's talking about guns and violence and money and killing and treating women bad, all of this starts to create incoherent frequencies in your field and deharmonizes your own energy field. And so that's one way music is used. Another way music is used is through lyrics. And they have a lot of technology where they can reverse um reverse the messaging in the music so for example um you know music can be saying one thing it could be like i love you baby but then if you were to like put it in reverse it could be like kill yourself or hate really? yourself and i've seen that with billy eilish billy is that her name billy yeah, yeah. 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 Billie eilish yeah i see i don't really know mainstream music but i've seen like her music videos in reverse um, there's a lot of really interesting information out there where you can see that even the sound changes, it gets really like almost demonic sounding. Um, so music is a huge vehicle and almost like weapon in a way where, you know, a lot of people listen to it. They think, oh, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, I kind of like am jamming and it it feels good, but it doesn't actually feel good. It, it's actually programming you. Um, and then those frequencies get into your subconscious and then you know, it can program you to do certain things or think certain ways and kind of mess with the the frequencies of your mind. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And, and you know, I've looked into this as well a long time ago. And for me, it says, as I grow in consciousness, I can't listen to certain texts anymore, even though yeah. I really like the sort of the melody with it. You know, when I, used to, when I go to the gym, it's like, I'm, about, I'm listening. It's like, I just kill this bitch and my no. Yeah. I, yeah. No. no. Next. Yeah, don't. It's yeah. Like, and it's becoming very it's like yeah. it's like it's almost like it's growing, it's going up and up and to the point yeah. where I can no longer tolerate that. And Absolutely. you know, there's a sense of me that's like, oh, that means I, I'm no longer listening to this music. What else am I gonna listen to? Man, then I'm yeah. not gonna listen to anything. So yeah. um it's I think it's a very valid point to become very conscious and very aware of what you're consuming because exactly. everything has a frequency everything yeah. it stimulates certain emotional frequencies and even if you're not into the term frequency because i know for some people that's too much out there certain information triggers certain in, uh, emotions inside of you and those emotions uh -huh. trigger behaviors and that triggers uh -huh. thought patterns and so forth and yeah. You also talked about attracting, right? You talked about mm -hmm. attracting, and then there's the whole field of the law of attraction and manifestation. And I'm wondering, because you brought this up early in the conversation before we started, uh, before we hit the record button, you know, we talked about how in the, in the manifestation, let's call it industry or, or field, a lot of people say, you need to feel worthy in order to attract more wealth, more abundance into your life. And you said you challenged that. So I'm, I'm curious, can you speak on that? Yeah. So I definitely think that there is a lot of spiritual jargon and just things that people have 
hopped on the bandwagon and just taken as gospel. And I always say, no matter what information you come across, even me speaking, if it doesn't resonate, throw it out. I'm not here to get you to believe a certain thing or think in a certain way. I'm only here to open up your mind to think differently, if that's something that you're open to. And so you should take that with anything that you're consuming, really, whether that's music, you know, the internet, whatever it is, books. And so when it comes to this area of manifestation, the thing is, is that we are always manifesting. Manifestation has gotten this rap of like, you're only manifesting when you're manifesting good things. And when you get that partner and that car and that hundred K deal and this and that, and that, it's like, no, that's not true. Like you're manifesting, let's say, you know, the experience that you're in now, even if you're not a hundred percent on board with it. Right. And so it's really important and empowering to know that because then you actually have control over what you're going to do about it and how you can change your perception in your mind and your actions to reflect a different reality. Now, the whole um, concept of worthiness, which I think is great, but it almost has like a little bit of like a bow. It's like, just be worthy and, you know, your whole life will be so much greater. And it's like, <laughs> that's not the truth. Okay. Because I, I genuinely don't think it's a hundred percent possible for any one of us to be a hundred percent worthy because we are always in communication and, um, you know, we're just always engaging with the external reality. There's always going to be something with more, more, someone that has more love than you, someone that has more money than you, someone, and you're always going to, you know, whatever you can quote unquote, compare yourself to, you're always going to say, well, damn, if I was more worthy, I'd be a billionaire. Or if I was more worthy, I would have like a husband that loves me and whatever it is. Right. So I don't really subscribe to this level of worthiness as a means of manifestation, because it's almost impractical. And like, how do you grasp worthiness? You know, it, it just doesn't work. And especially, you know, for me, I work with a lot of high net worth individuals, people who you would look to if you subscribe to this worthiness and, you know, you're on your journey and you're like, wow, they must be so worthy because they have a $500 million company or they have three kids or they're this or they're that and they're living the life. They must be so worthy. But what I found is that that's actually could not be farther from the truth. What they have is that they have beliefs about what it takes to get there. They have beliefs of what they believe is possible for them. And so that's really kind of what you have to look at when you're talking about manifestation, because the universe doesn't really care if you feel worthy or not. The universe only cares if you believe in it and you're working and taking action to, to make it happen. And so what I see is that with enough compounded action and enough intention and focus into the direction that you want to go in, also releasing any limitations subconsciously that could be sabotaging you in the future of that creation, that's really when you get to, you know, the real manifestation. Um, and so, yeah, I just think worthiness is something that isn't a practical way of teaching people how to create their reality or giving them, you know, a, a method in terms of, you know, be worthy in this and then this will happen because a lot of the times high performers, they still have that same ceiling, which is, you know, I don't feel worthy for the next level or, you know, I don't know how I got here. I have imposter syndrome. You know, if people have imposter syndrome and they have all this like external success, you know, they're still unworthy. Right. So it's a it's an interesting way to look at it. And personally, the way that I view it, because 
it's more empowering to know that your actions and your beliefs and your perception really is what generates and determines your outcomes. So it's more, I'm hearing more of a holistic view to that rather than just say, you know, it's all about your beliefs. You know, if then if your beliefs are not in alignment, forget about it. You know, it's like, and there's so much more to it. It's a whole integrated system of, you know, harmonizing elements that work all together that then produce the kind of outcomes that you're looking for. And more importantly, support it with the kind of experience that you're looking for. Because mostly, and I find, and I would, would love to hear how that is for you, I see a lot of high performers because I also exclusively work with high performers. They are very attached to an outcome, a measurable specific outcome. I want to double my income. I want to be married. I want to have a six pack, whatever. And mm -hmm. it's then the digging deeper that then will reveal what they really, really want is the actual emotional experience that, that they mm -hmm. think will be handed to them once they got the money, the partner or the whatever. Right. So what, what is it that you're seeing in that? Um, so I see that like a lot of people, like you said, you know, they want something because it's the emotional experience that will give it to them. Right. And so while that is the case, it might mean that, you know, this, this thing that they are striving for, it gives them that emotional experience, but it also gives them a physical experience. Right. So I also would like to to say that it's not always just the emotional experience. There are some physical experiences that allow us to have an emotional experience. Take being in love, for example, right? Like you can want to be in love, but you really need another person to receive the love that you want on the other side. It's not just something you can give to yourself. So I would say it also depends on what it is that you're looking to, to create for yourself, right? Not everything is an internal experience because we are constantly responding to the external world. And yes, we have control over our perceptions and we have control over, you know, something happens, how do I decide how I wanna feel? But then there's also that physical element to it that is very real, right? And that, you know, I don't think should be bypassed, especially when it's all about everything's happening inside and therefore like, it doesn't matter what's happening outside you know right. so i think that's yeah. an important element as yeah well. that's a that's a great point to add to that and and i totally agree because to me it's having both it's like having yeah. it all it's like yeah. if you want the money then great let's great let's get the money yeah. and don't just settle for okay i'll have peace and then i'll i'll settle for you know a thousand bucks instead of ten thousand like let's have it all because exactly. it's all possible exactly and i think that's so important that you're you're saying that and that we're having this conversation and highlighting this is because a lot of the times you know people who help others with their mindset in this it's all about the internal experience but it's like yes the inter the internal experience will create the external experience but then there are also elements that are created externally that we get to engage in and have an emotional experience with right but we still need an external experience right it's like if you know that you want to be on a private jet this is something I help one of my clients with she was like I really want to be on private jets now I just want to fly private this is what yeah. I want to do with my and literally within like a few months, she manifested however you want private jets. And now she has a different emotional experience with that yes. because it's like, wow, I created that. But I also was bold to say, you know what? I want this physical thing and I want to experience this. I don't need it, but I want to experience this. And I think this is a really important thing to highlight because it's like, 
We are beings that desire things. We're here for, you know, experiencing expansion within ourselves, stretching our limits of like joy and purpose and fulfillment. And like everyone's idea of that is different. For some people, it's highly materialistic things and other people it's, you know, going into the mountains and meditating and finding that peace from within. But we can't berate ourselves or put ourselves down because of the desires that we have, because it's like, oh, that's too much of this, or that's too much of that. You as a person and your character does not change with what you have, and it shouldn't. And if you think that it does, you should look at yourself because that's not the way that this world works in my understanding of, you know, the physical world and the spiritual world. It's like, we get to experience it all. And the way that we experience it again is an internal perception but we are here to experience life and materialism and what that looks like. And if, you know, we, sh we should honor that and we should see that as like, wow, we can expand into that and we can experience those things because why not? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. And I, and I think it's so true. And this, what you just said, helped me transcend so much fear, guilt, and shame because of mm -hmm. things that I did in my past. And that then I came to another level of consciousness. And then I reviewed that and I was judging it, which is actually yeah. even a lower level of consciousness. But, you know, just that thinking, oh, but now I wouldn't do that. And I was like, actually, I would, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the times that I did drugs and, you know, the, the in parties and then uh, in the past and the go for it and, you know, was sleeping around and like with, with women that I knew was not going to go to anything. And I was beating myself I'm like, you know what? No, that's an experience that I yeah. created in my life. And at the time that I was engaged in it, I enjoyed it. You know, exactly. it was something that added to the richness of my life. Today, I wouldn't do it again because yeah. I've, you know, I've changed in many ways, yeah. but I'm no longer shaming myself for things. And I find that there's, that's a very religious, rigorous approach to how we're supposed to living life when freedom comes really to me when we are no longer relying on our achievements to give us mm -hmm. the things that we want to experience for me. And I see this a lot with high performance. I'm curious how that is for you. The people that come to me often come from a place of like extreme hustle, just do, 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 little to no being. And, and I present to them a different reality of operating and creating even better results, which make me, which is, I call it a quality mindset over a quantity mindset. And I get the same response every time. I get always like, ooh, ooh. It's like this deep resistance to, to moving to a different way of operating because, and I coach people to the point where they get to see that they're actually afraid of having peace because mm. they think if I have peace now, I'll just chill and do nothing and just, you know, watch I'll Netflix. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, but if you have peace, doesn't it then make more sense that you engage in more of the things that you really genuinely like, such as going onto a private chat, traveling <laughs> the world, doing your favorite business, you know, and being with people you love. And, and then people eventually adopt it. Although some people just like you also were like, nah, I'm out of here. This is too scary for me. So how is that for you? For me personally? No, for the clients that you work for, with. And also for you, would love to hear that as well. Yeah, no, you know, I think it's, it really, again, 
comes down to the the client. You know, there are some people that are open to looking at that other side of what reality could look like, you know, having that piece. But I will talk to why it's so hard for people to want more ease in their life. Again, it comes back to the wiring. When you look at a successful person and what I've seen working in the, with the minds of successful people is that they have gotten to that level of success the way that they are. And they feel that if they change that, they're somehow going to sabotage everything that they've created to date. So it's really interesting to observe that narrative and see someone move through that because it is painful. It is an ego death, but it's also getting real with yourself to say, I know that I am I'm having high amounts of stress, that there are levels of unfulfillment, that I'm not prioritizing my family, that I'm, you know, absent with my partner. And I want to change that. But then when it comes to actually changing that, they have to look at the fact that, look, because of your wiring, because of your conditioning, because of the way that you are now, that's creating all of this sabotage. That's the, the domino effect of that. And it's seeping out into other areas of your life that you're like, I cannot, I can no longer continue this way, right? So doing that and going through that change process is a bit of a death, but when you know, they're able to connect to the feeling and to the potential of them being differently and having a different nervous system regulation and understanding that, wait, no, I can actually accomplish even more when I'm in this state. That's really when the change can happen. And when I see the transformation, because it's like, I'm okay to let the part of me go that had to have use all of this energy and put all of this like strength and dedication and, and use it in a way that was kind of in a resistant, that was a heavy way of moving through life. It's like, wait, actually I can have all those things and more when I'm in a state of peace and calm and my mind can lead me to the things that I need to do in a way that I need to do it. That will not be as stressful. That will be more easeful and overall just change the quality of my life which is really what this this work is about you know how do you want to live your life doing the things that you're doing now and it's totally up to you to decide that internal experience for you and you know the truth is some people aren't ready you know as we talked about before I've had people that have just ghosted me after paying me a lot of money and then just leaving and I what am I to do you know this is their journey and and it's hard, you know, it's, it's hard to, to look at yourself in that way, but you know, not everyone's ready to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great point. And, and, and I very much subscribe to what you just shared in terms of going through this ego death. And for me, I very much remember when I was going through the first ego death. I would say maybe there were more before, but as I quit my pilot career, and it was like a, a whole, it was like a, a theater set that's been playing for, you know, years and people have known it and they loved it and they keep coming back and all of a sudden the whole house burned down and it's gone forever. And that was an extremely painful process that really forced me into becoming vulnerable and into right. really listening to my heart. And then honoring that voice that's that's always been there and that I've just, you know, so been suppressing. And I'm wondering, how is it for you personally? Because as you evolve on this journey, do you how do you sort of deal with situations where you're noticing 
okay, consciously I know this might be a healthier, better uh, expression of my life, but somehow uh, I don't want to go there. What does is, what is your process look like? So I definitely like, it's totally normal to have that. And I don't think that ever goes away, especially when you are aware that you are going to consistently and constantly be evolving, right? There's always new experiences that we have that make us reflect or make us want to course correct or change our behavior or change the way that we're doing things. And for me personally, it's just about having compassion with where I'm at in what I'm going through in any moment, right? Like how you talked about how the judgment is lower consciousness. Look, I don't believe that there are any emotions that are good or bad. How's that? Because they are serving a purpose for you to grow, period, right? So even if we judge ourselves, even if we, you know, look down on ourselves or, you know, experience anxiety or frustration or depression about where we are, it's okay because through that you almost see that as like soil and it's like those all those like negative energies they're planting seeds but then you can decide how you're going to kind of grow and express yourself from that point moving forward right so it's really about for me having compassion of recognizing ooh there's a pattern there that I think we should look at and you know maybe not do so much um and then deciding you know am I ready for it because the thing is, and I think a lot in the self-development space is it's about quick result, fast action. You see the problem, you change it immediately. But what I think happens, and and while I do subscribe to that, because a lot of the work that I do is about getting quick behavioral changes, getting that you know perception to shift immediately. And that's beautiful, especially when people are in prisons of their own mind. But the thing is, is that there's also the human experience. And I'm taking a spiritual angle at this, is that we are here to have a human experience and not everything needs to be rushed, you know? While I, my energy do move, moves very quickly, um, I'm a manifesting generator in human design. Human design is another great way to know more about yourself for those listening. So as a manifesting generator, my energy works very quickly. So yes, it's like I see something and I want to change it, but then... I've been giving myself a bit more grace and compassion to reflect, to say, okay, you know, this is something that I'm experiencing. Let me just receive the medicine of what this limitation is trying to teach me. Where am I, you know, scared or where is there fear or where is there, you know, anxiety and kind of just getting the message from myself of like, this is happening because you're holding on to this and just kind of sitting with that. And when you do that, you can almost dissolve it. You know, the more and more that you're aware of what's happening you don't necessarily need like you know a six-figure coach or this and that you can start doing that yourself when you're super real with yourself with you know being vulnerable and being okay to say okay you know what I am a bit scared or I am a bit worried and this is how I feel right now and the more that you can actually get in touch with those emotions have compassion for the fact that you do feel it you'll find that those emotions neutralize much more quickly and because you're not making a story or identifying as having that or being that. And you're just like, this is something that's moving through. So, so yeah. if I hear you correctly, you're saying that the unconscious processes that we're experiencing, they, they will or might, we don't really know, never go away as long as we're living in this human experience. And what you're describing is 
you're bringing a higher degree of consciousness to it. Like, and I can relate to that just this morning, actually, I called my credit card company in Germany because I wanted to um, transfer some money around. So I have more funds available for a payment that I want to make. And, you know, been using the same process that always works for years. And then I call them. She's like, oh, hi, I'm new here sort of thing. You know, and I'm like, okay, cool. And then she couldn't help me. And I got mm -hmm. really frustrated because I've been on the line for 30 minutes. I'm like, there's so much that I want to do today. And now I'm sitting yeah. here and then da -da -da -da, and I got really angry. Mm. and i was just like you know and I'm, i could hear myself going like yeah it's fucking stupid da, 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 da. and then i yeah. called myself i'm just like ah okay I'm yes okay and then what i did was like i forgive myself mm. and i forgive uh, and i forgive myself for judging the lady for judging myself and i also forgive the lady and so yeah. yes and so yeah. the, the things that i used to sit with for like days or weeks or months or right. even longer now as i catch it i know exactly what to do and i move through it because i because mentally i no longer have that attachment to getting something out of that because i know right. that the other side is so much more unbound so much more powerful beautiful bountiful i'm like me holding on to this with my little ego here right. it's just not serving me anymore to be the person that i want to be that creates mm -hmm. this kind of vision that I want to create. Mm -hmm. And that I find is changes a lot. So I'm really appreciative that you share the sentiment that certain things might never go away. However, mm -hmm. the way you move through them shifts completely. And that's what I'm yes. hearing in your share as well. Absolutely. And I would argue even to say that, you know, the human experience never goes away, but it's again the perception in which we engage with those experiences which means that the pain of those experiences can go away yes so you might still have the human emotions of frustration and anger and like i said they're beautiful emotions to have but where are you allowing that to dictate your life experience overall and that's the thing it's like people think that they're going to get to this like samadhi enlightened state where no one bothers them or like there's never going to be frustration or anger or anything again, which is like a complete like illusion in itself. But it's how are you engaging with those emotions when those, you know, kind of trigger points come up because you're never going to get rid of all your triggers. But what you can do is change the way in which you engage with them. And I, that's really the work that I do is like, how much time, especially for high performers, how much time are you spending in those negative emotions versus claiming the experience internally that you want to have? And again, that's why you have to do the unconscious work and subconscious work, because there's so many ways that we've been kind of hardwired to just kind of be on guard or like, fight or flight or like want to just be in like combat with life right but it, this is to understand that wait you can actually get to a level where that's not your case and that's not your experience of reality but also being able to have different subconscious patterns where when you're in those stressful moments like you said you can catch yourself and take a step back neutralize it and not let it completely take you for a ringer right and those can be small things those can be high level stress you know experiences um but it's really about understanding that your energy and the energy that you're putting into anything whether it's positive or negative has a lasting effect on your experience 
Yeah. That is so, so true. And as you said, this I have a life example that radically shifted my life by doing this work that you're describing in one belief. One belief has profoundly changed my life. And that belief that I adopt is it's it's healthy and okay to ask for help. Mm. I never did that. Because to me, wow. that was like the ultimate evidence of me being weak. Mm. And so I've I've, you know, I've used out years of time, money, and energy of finding certain solutions I was looking for simply because I did not want to ask for help. Now, one of my guiding life principles is before I ask, how do I do something? I ask myself, who can help me with this? So I have a Rolodex of, of amazing human beings and I just text them, hey man, I'm looking, you know, can you help me with this, help me with this? And the solutions just come. So this is how we then, to your point, speed up the process because you definitely can in a different way. So I have one more question that I would love to ask you that I ask all my guests, uh, which I'm very curious what you're going to say. And that is if you could spend an hour of time with any person dead or alive, who would it be and why? That's a good question. You know, immediately what comes to mind is my future self. because I would just be so curious to know how this all ends up. I'd be so curious to know. And I would be curious because I know that the subconscious and all these beliefs that are stored there creates the reality and creates the experiences that we manifest, that we experience. And so I'd want to know based on where I am right now, Am I going in the direction that I want or is there work for me to still do? Because, Interesting. you know, the final results, so to speak, in this moment um, could use some work. And so that's just my take because I always love looking at the mind and, and the data of like, you know, this creates this. And so if I didn't have that, what would I need to believe instead? And so, but then again, at the same time, I'm super on board with just the the ride of this life and seeing where it all ends up I mean I never thought I'd be where I am today so clearly it's it's all for fun (laughs) (laughs) I love that and that's a that's a great answer to ask your future self sort of what are the beliefs that I now have that I think that you think require an upgrade so that's beautiful Jenna tell me uh, tell us please if people, if high performers are looking for an upgrade in a way that is effective, in a way that's proven, in a way that really changes their life, what's the best way to get a hold of you? So you can find me on my website, which is beyondthebelief.com. And I have a wait list where you can apply to. And if it's a good fit, my team will get back to you. I also give a lot of free information on Instagram and my Instagram is underscore Jenna Sophia. So those are the two best ways to, to get a hold of me and what I'm sharing in this world. Beautiful. Well, and I can vouch for that. Uh, Jenna is someone who really walks the talk. She embodies her work. And um, you. if you ever have the, the pleasure and privilege and luxury to work with her, I would suggest you highly, highly make use of that. Jenna, thank you so much for being on the show. I will be sure to add all of the links in the show notes so people know exactly how they can find you. Any last words that you have that you would like to share with our listeners? 
I would just say, if you're going to believe anything, believe anything is possible because that has what has created the success in my business, the success in my health, the success that I've been able to help other high performers grow. And so just believing anything is possible, whether you say that to yourself every day, it'll soon become a belief and you'll see that the world really opens up to you and things start happening that you didn't even believe were possible. So anything is possible. <laughs> wow. What, what a close, my friends. What a close. This was a wonderful conversation. Jenna, thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you for deciding to invest in your mind because your mind unlocks, as Jenna says, all of the possibilities in life. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Mario Lanzarotti, the Freedom Architect, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Self-Doubt Solution.